this was against all their expectation. They were expecting that the Lord is the Messiah and uh, who will establish his kingdom. But he is telling them something different. He is going. They will travel. Also, when we read chapter 13, especially the second part, he is telling them that one of them will give him up and uh, the uh, disciples were troubled completely. But the Lord Jesus, in his love here, is telling them these words to comfort them. And uh, these words over the years have been a source of great encouragement for believers who are troubled at any time and for any reason, let not your heart be troubled. In the chapter, we find not less than seven items for encouragement in this chapter. I will try to point to these items of encouragement. First of all, you believe in God believe also in me. What's the meaning? They believe in him, yes. They believe in him. But he is taking them now to believing in him after his departure to be with his father. As if he says, you believe in God, you believe in God, this is the, your Jewish faith. Now I am taking you to the Christian faith. And the Christian faith is to believe in the Lord Jesus personally, though we are not seeing him. To put all our confidence in this person on high, who is glorified on the right hand of the Father. Peter, in his first epistle and the, the first chapter, tells the believer there that Jesus Christ, whom you are not seeing them, he, you are not seeing him, but you believe in him. And the result is, when we believe in him, you shall rejoice with an unspeakable joy and full of glory. Believe in me. This is a, a sort of daily exercise of our faith. We will study in the conference about faith and how to put it into practice in a, in a practical way. How to live by faith daily. And the Lord Jesus encourages, encourages the disciples, believe also in me. Put your trust in me. And we are invited, dear brothers, to live daily by, by putting our trust in him. And having this uh, uh, relationship 
with him looking unto him. Then, second thing, he says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And he is a new thing for the disciples. As, as I said, they were waiting for Christ as the Messiah to reign here. But he is there changing the souls. No. The, uh, the place is not on earth now. There is a heavenly country. There is a heavenly place. And he calls it his father's house. We read in the Gospel of John two, two times only about the father's house. In chapter 2, he speaks about his father's house which was on earth, the temple. But this temple now is left. And he is taking the thoughts to the uh, heavenly Father's house. The place from which the Lord Jesus came. And uh, how beautiful to know that our, our uh, country, our lasting country, the place where we shall all be, is the Father's house where we will be as the beloved sons entering into the presence of the Father with the Lord Jesus, the uh, firstborn among many brethren. In my Father's house, a new revelation and a very encouraging revelation. There are many abodes of many mansions and uh, we are the Lord Jesus is encouraging them, telling them you will be with me in that place. Though I am leaving you now, but you will be with me. Be encouraged. And we too, when we think that our future will be to be with the Lord Jesus personally, not only to be in heaven, but with him personally. In 1 Thessalonians 4, Paul is speaking about the Christian hope, and he says, and we shall be with the Lord forever, or we shall be with him always. This comforts our hearts. So we put our faith in Him and also we know that we are going to the Father's house. Then the third thing He says, verse 3, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. He is speaking here about what we call now the Christian hope. What is the Christian hope? It is Christ himself coming himself again 
to take us. What beautiful words. If I go and prepare the place, I will, I personally will come again. It is not that I will send the angels to take you. I personally will come again. And uh, we read the, uh, the, the explanation of this in 1 Thessalonians 4 when he said, The Lord himself shall be sent. Himself. When we think about this, we see how dear we are to his heart. He is coming to take his bride. He is not sending anyone to take her. He is coming by himself. I will come to you and I will receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Where I am. Is it not encouraging to our hearts that where he will be, he is not speaking about a place, but it is a state of, if I can call it, it is a state of being with the Lord always. What is heaven? What is heaven? We can explain a place, literal place, but we can say, with the Lord, with the person, with Him, where I am, there you may be also. So, first of all, while we are here, we exercise our faith in Him. We look to Him daily in our personal fellowship with Him. Then, we know that we are we have a heavenly country we are going to this country and then we are waiting for his coming again comforting thoughts all of these thoughts encourage us now let us go to the fourth one the lord jesus asked by thomas uh, how can we know the way? Verse 5. Jesus, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Then, in the verse, yes, Philip asked him in verse 8, Philip says unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. Jesus says unto him, Have I been so long with you, and yet have thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then show us the Father? Believes not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. Here we find that the Lord Jesus has revealed the Father to the disciples. And we got the full revelation of the Father through the Lord Jesus. To the extent that he said, Who has seen me has seen the Father. And now we 
know the Father. We know Him through the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew 11 these words. Matthew 11 27 it says all things are delivered unto me of my father and no man knows the son but the father neither knows any man the father save the son and he to whomsoever the son will reveal him and we know now the father because the Son has revealed Him to us. We know Him as our Father, and we address Him by the Holy Spirit now, Abba Father. And what a blessing. We read this in Romans 8, in Galatians 4. In both places we read that we have this confidence to approach the Father as our Father and to approach Him as Abba Father. In Romans 8, He says, You have not received the spirit of bondage, but the spirit of adoption, by which we cry, Abba Father. What a blessing! Do we uh, enjoy this that not only in the prayer meetings, but in our personal life, we, we have this uh, uh, intimacy with the Father, enjoying His love and bringing all our petitions before Him and enjoying His uh, peace filling our hearts. The Father. What, what a beautiful and blessed privilege for everyone of and the Lord Jesus said to him, I have revealed the Father to you. And then after that, we find another thing that uh, the Lord is comforting the heart of his disciples with. Verse 13, he is speaking about the privilege of prayer in his name. He says, Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Here, in the last words of the Lord Jesus, John 14, 15, and 16, we read many times about asking in His name. His name. He is leading, he, he is leading them, but He is leading the, what can I say, the, the blessing of His name. 
As if he says, come to the Father, ask whatever you want in my name. What's the meaning for us to ask in his name? Is it only to end the prayers by saying, Father, we ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus? Yes, but it is not all this. It has other dimensions. What asking in his name? It is asking as his representatives. We represent Christ on earth. And we come to the Father telling him, as the representatives of your beloved Son, Lord Jesus, give us this for his glory. We are in his place, in the place of the Lord Jesus. And we are occupied with what glorifies the Lord Jesus. So we come boldly to the Father and ask, Father, for the glorification of the name of the Lord Jesus and uh, for uh, his uh, glory here, give us this. And the Lord Jesus assures us in verse 14, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. The privilege of praying in his name. This is repeated in chapter 15 and repeated in, chap in chapter 16. We can look at these verses once more in chapter uh, the same thought in chapter 15 for example verse 7 speaking about abiding in him if you abide in me and my words abide in you you shall ask what you will of course because we ask according to his will and it shall be done unto you once more in verse 16 you have not chosen me but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name he may give it to you chapter 16 verse 23 and if in that day you shall ask me nothing Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. The Lord is repeating to encourage. He is emphasizing. He knows that the apostles are in need after his departure for prayer. And he is telling them, pray. Pray in my name. When we read the book of Acts, we find many instances where the, the uh, apostles are praying. For example, chapter 4, Acts 4, when Peter and John were asked by the chief priests and the scribes not to mention the name of Christ, then they returned to the company, to the disciples, and uh, 
They told them what happened, and then we read that they all of them they raised their voice in prayer to the Father, and they told him, "Glorify the name of thy servant Jesus, and give us boldness to speak." And the answer came, and they were all filled with the Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And the same privilege is for us to pray, to come to the Father, asking in the name of Christ what glorifies Christ in our lives. Now, another item for our encouragement here. The Lord is speaking about the Holy Spirit, verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. We all know that comforter is the paracletus, is uh, the one who uh, is sent from the Father to help us, the one who is with us, helping us always. And uh, as if he is uh, taking us by hand, leading us, giving us guidance, and giving us comfort. Paracletus, one called alongside to help. Christ is not present, but the Holy Spirit is present now. He is indwelling us. There is a lot of things to speak about the Holy Spirit, but just the Lord Jesus is mentioning here for the first time this fact. I will send you another comforter. I was here, the one who is taking care of you. Now I am leaving, but there is another one coming who will take care of you. And now let me ask myself and let us ask ourselves, are we enjoying and, uh, and uh, having the blessedness of the Spirit indwelling us, do we give Him the liberty to lead us? We ask it now in prayer that uh, during the conference there will be freedom of the Spirit and how much we need this freedom in the Spirit in in, uh, in everything that shall be done. Because the Spirit will glorify the name of the Lord Jesus. Whenever there is freedom for the Spirit to work, the Lord Jesus will be glorified. We have the paracletus, we have the comfort. And then, finally, we come to verse 27. Peace I leave with you. 
my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The Lord Jesus, in his words, is repeating this theme many times. He knows that their hearts were troubled. And he knows that many times it is so easy in our lives that we are troubled. And we need, we need peace. In the world there is no peace, but the source of true peace that can fill our hearts is His peace. We know, of course, we know all that here we find two aspects of the peace. Peace, I live with you. It is peace with God through, done through His blood. And we have this once, the day of uh, knowing that our sins are forgiven, we have peace with God. But we need daily peace. This is what he says. My peace, my personal peace, I give unto you. How much we need this. My personal peace. You can go in the world with all its troubles with my personal peace. Why the Lord Jesus as man was enjoying peace while he was on earth? Because he was always, always depending on his Father and committing himself continually to his Father. And uh, the same can happen with us. When we leave ourselves to the Father and we uh, uh, we live in the will of the Father, we enjoy we enjoy the peace of the Lord Jesus. Not only peace with God, peace of the conscience, but peace of heart. My peace, my personal peace, I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. At the end of chapter 16, he he ends his words by, by help by these words. Verse 33, 1633. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. This is the conclusion. I have spoken to you that you may have peace in me. It means if you look away from me at any time, you will not have peace. But the peace is in me. In the world, always there is tribulation. But in me, always there is peace. May the Lord help us to keep our eyes on Him, to fix our eyes on Him. He begins the chapter, let not your heart be troubled. 
and he continues. And we are all invited to uh, be encouraged by so many items of encouragement. Amen. Amen.